on a, a Sunday night, what are you doing going out to watch the cinema on a Sunday night? It's a bit cheeky. Isn't well, it? It's, it, night. What's all that it's about? Sunday night now. We went there on Sunday afternoon. It's it's two hours, 45 minutes. So what was it again? June 2? June 2. And June. Can we oh. give us a quick review? Oh, God. It's just it's just epic. It's just... it's. Go and see it. Just in a good for... in a good way, epic in a good way. Oh, incredible cinematography! Just uh, totally believable sci-fi, futuristic other worlds that is done in such an incredible way that you you're just totally enthralled to it. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Stu, Andy, do you have a position on Dune or other science fiction films? Well, I've not seen the first Dune yet, so I'm rushing to see the second one. Uh, sci-fi is not my favourite genre. I mean, I'm constantly having this battle in this house because Florence always wants to watch horror, which is my least favourite genre. What? It's like, no, can we watch it with a good script and a good story instead? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sci-fi, some sci-fi is good. No, I've not seen. I saw the original June years ago. Exactly. I was about to say, I saw the original June and I thought it was bloody awful. But well, it is. But it's become a cult yeah. classic. Is it? Yeah. It's put me off going to watch the, when it came out, whenever it was, a couple of years ago. Uh, I thought, oh, I don't the, really fancy that. The remake is on Netflix, so watch that. Um, it's, that is amazing, just as amazing. And then if you have got, if it's still on the cinema, go and watch this one at the cinema. Just to complete oh, the story go. here, Andy, where are you with uh, June and science fiction? Well, I mean, Rufus would probably like it. He he makes me watch sometimes makes makes me watch the um you know the one of those Marvel franchise things, one or other of them. And I, I, honestly, I mean, I'm sure this isn't like I'm sure Dune isn't like that because they're just like big long fight scenes. But I I I just I got very limited patience for that sort of stuff. <laughs> but you know, Dune's probably not like that. It's probably epic and beautiful. Um, but also, I don't really like epic things either. Or or beautiful things. <laughs> probably not. Well, I You're should say... Well, narrowing the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Well, luckily, Andy, uh, you are listening to For the Love of Pog. You're taking part in For the Love of Pog, a podcast mostly about cycling and not about science fiction cinema. Uh, I am here. Ray. Oh, Loz Ray. is here. Loz. Andy is here. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, very and Stu is here. Hey. Hey. Now, since we recorded, racing has got underway properly in Europe. We've had the opening weekend, the Omloop and Kerner, Brussels Kerner, with Wout, Gout, Grout, whatever we're calling him, taking the win there and looking pretty good in Omloop as well. We had the Salmon or La Salmon, which was a pretty good race. I watched that. And then all eyes turned towards Italy and Strada Bianchi. Now, concerns have been raised in recent weeks about a lack of pog on this podcast. In fact, concerns raised within this podcast about a lack of pog on this podcast, but not today, because today is all about today. In fact, it might be all we talk about today, because pog in his white jersey and in his white hair on the white roads, well, he was wonderful. He broke away with 81 kilometres to go. He took the win. He slayed them all. What else is there to say than, oh, my pog? Oh. <laughs> uh, Short, how, but very good. It's very good, Matt. But how long do you spend writing? It's been quite a bit of time writing that. It's all off the top of my head. What are you talking about? Really? It was all ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah. 
It's called Jack. I Jack think even GPT even our even our listener doesn't believe that. <laughs> I uh, it um, I don't know. Sometimes it takes me a few minutes. Sometimes it takes me a bit longer. But what do we think? Oh, about, come on! It's all about what the prompts. It's all about the prompts. <laughs> Huh? The pr- it's all about the prompts you put into chat GPT. <laughs> I yeah, have never right. gone. Right, we've got to clear this up right now. I've never put it into chat GPT. <laughs> well, you should. Anyway, I should. Maybe I should. Maybe that'll improve it. Yeah. So come on then. Look, what an amazing what an amazing ride yesterday. What do we think? Andy, come on. I th- Yeah, I mean, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Because it you know, reminds us all why we love Pog. Because not only... You know, not only was it an astonishing win, Pitcock went at the same point last year, but but it was a shorter race because it had the loop, it had the circuit added, didn't it, this year? So it was a little bit longer. So it was a 50K, which is no mean feat. Go, going at 80K and finishing comfortably with, you know, more than three minutes at the line, enough time to stop and hold up his bike as he when he'd crossed just when he'd crossed the line um just remarkable but just that he is a beautiful rider everything was just effortlessly beautiful and wonderful and uh, i mean i cannot wait for this season because pog remco and um and ving will be i think all at the tour and they so we we will see this massive duel played out i hope because you know if pog's on that kind of form Vingago has already bossed one race. Remco won the Algarve, didn't he? So the stage is set for an amazing, an amazing season. Pog-dominated season. Po- I know. You did say a second ago you didn't like anything epic or beautiful, but uh, that was mm. both, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but it wasn't... It, yeah. Only when it involves a bike. <laughs> Only when Pog. In fact, I will go and see Pog the movie. Laws, <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Ah, uh, you know what? You know what I'm gonna say. Oh, you're gonna, gonna put yeah. a downer on it. Yeah, you're gonna say it was dull. Well, okay. I'm gonna put Killed a downer on it from the from the point of a viewing spectacle because I don't like occasionally those sorts of races when you've got the lone person off and it works, but the the sense of inevitability and then the lack of cohesion with so many riders just really pisses me off <laughs> so i'm just like you're watching this and it's like it's amazing yes of course it's amazing and it's brave and like brilliant yeah but i'm sorry you've got 30 riders possibly 20 to 30 riders at that point who there's enough there that could try and pull him back in those few seconds that they need to kind of make the decision and then even at 30 seconds make the decision and then suddenly it's a minute and then so and they just let him go and it's like that's just that just really from a spectacle point of view annoys me and i i have to say i i turned it off i didn't watch the end isn't that awful i think maybe that's a silence I, I think i may have to mute you for the next 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. i think i'm sin binning you for that <laughs> but did you get don't you get my point don't you don't you i i do have, i do have some thoughts on that Stu, what do you think do you watch it no <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds beautiful in Tuscany. And also, do they finish in that lovely little square in Siena? They do. Yeah. Oh, I love it there. It's beautiful. Should have watched have it. Have you been? Have you been to? Well, I've not been to that race, but I've been to Siena. Yeah. No, so I mean, have you actually been? Oh. Yeah. 
Stunning place. I've been. I think I've been there twice. I was going to say, aren't they, aren't they racing a lot of gravel as well? What, what's that? What, what is that stuff called, Andy? Gravel. <laughs> <laughs> it's called gravel. Did they get? Did they get like a bike change from a gravel bike to a, <laughs> a road bike? <laughs> that would be good if they had to. If the, their handlebars would automatically flare when they <laughs> when they start going over the gravelly bits. They were all covered in sort of a fine white duster. They did all look amazing, didn't they? Pidcock looked fantastic, I thought, at the end. But, Loz, I know what you mean, right? They extended the course, didn't they? So it was 215 kilometres this time. They actually 50k, Andy, I think you said. There's a longer extra race. 50K, yeah. yeah. Longer race. Uh, a bit less. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and more definitely. climbing. So four four and a half thousand metres of climbing. So a, pr- a yeah. proper big race. And I must admit, I thought, I thought the course, the parkour looked amazing yesterday. It looked brilliant. One of the best Beautiful. I've ever seen, really. Yeah. And my only thought about the, I know what you mean, Loz, about the uh, not going after him. There was a, the moment where Cuss just should have gone for him. If you think about it, Pog is the, was the main, um, you know, the star rider. They should have man-marked him. They shouldn't have even let him within, yeah. let him go at all. And there was a moment where Cuss went to go. He did go with him and then realised he couldn't. But rather than burying himself as Pog was, he didn't. And as soon as he's done that, that's it. And it's a, it is a frustration that you think, okay, you've now got 85 kilometers for 20 or 30 riders to come together and you still can't do it. That is, it is frustrating. Having said that though, it still takes balls and he could have still blown up. Oh. It, and that's the bit that I think is epic about it. And I was willing him, I wanted, to, I wanted him to win by 10 minutes. I thought, come on, let's just, let's just slay them because he was riding to win the race. But I think he was riding to show a Venipole and Ving that he was in amazing exactly. form. And I think that's what he was doing. And he looked he looked magnificent, I thought. It's my favourite um, race. It's my favourite race for the, beautiful. the scenery. Yeah, there was epic weather because it was pouring with rain and then the sun came out. And it was, so, you know, it was all all the ingredients apart from just the kind of... But you've said... A mismatched, said a mismatched jewel. Your favourite race with your favourite rider. And you turned it off. Wow. I didn't just turn it off. I had to go and do some other things, but but I was a bit miffed, a little bit. Miffed. What what I love about it though is that he said I can't remember the name of that. It's the longest um, white road stretch, something in the rear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I and he said I'm going to go on that. I'm going to go there. Well, he was asked before the race, and he said I'm going to go there, and he did. And he did. I know <laughs> I mean, it was wonderful. Most riders would either bluff or be joking. But he did. He told them where he was going to go, and that's where he went. And it was I, – I I think there's two explanations for what happened in the bunch behind, and it may not be that they're mutually exclusive. So one is the obvious one, which is they didn't get themselves organised, which theoretically a, a group, fairly large group should always be able to hunt down a, a lone rider with a two- or three-minute gap. But the second explanation is that they just couldn't follow – and I think it's probably they couldn't follow. And then there was a bit of subsequent disorganisation. Um, but, you know. Well, of course. And that and that, played, that, that plays into it because then it becomes, it. if that had been any other rider, the psychological thing of catching them wouldn't have been there. So then it becomes, well, I'm not going to chase him because he's too good and I can't. And then you don't have what you have in stage races where you've got more team members and one team willing to do it. You know, inevitably then becomes a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a non-entity in terms of how they're going to come together. They're just not going to form, form a, a, a coherent group to chase after him. 
interestingly, I've been thinking about Lefebvre's outburst about um, Alaphilippe. And, you yeah. know, Alaphilippe's now in his 30s and he's not, he obviously isn't the rider he was. Um, but also, I think he and a few other of those kind of very good riders from three or four years ago are the, they're now the victim of this incredible crop of 20 year olds, 20 somethings who are coming through who are just a, in a league above. I think Lefebvre was very unfair anyway, but I think where well, he's kind of not, you know, not recognising, partly because he doesn't really have one of those. Well, he does have one of them in his team, of course. But, you know, he's he's um, he's not recognising is that, um, you know, take all those guys away and Alaphilippe is still a first-class rider, but he's not in that same league. He, he's not. He's not. In fact, Venepol was, uh, he was very... Uh, active on the first stage of Paris Nice today, and just sort of playing a bit. He wanted to win, I think, and then he realised he couldn't. But he was sort of animating the race. We didn't really need to. And I think you're right. That crop of riders in their early to mid twenties now, what Pog's twenty five, he's still got a long way to go. Really, um, yeah. it's a, just a different type of racing. Question though, if Van Aert was in there, if Van der Poel was in there, or if Van der Poel was in there, would he have gone at eighty one kilometres? Yeah, probably, maybe not, or maybe they they you know there would have been a three or four up duel. Yeah, he'd have liked that as well, wouldn't he? He'd have thought, well, I've done it he now. Would. We've we've he split up, and because mm-hmm. he he always fancies chances in a sprint, yeah. so I think he would have probably just been as happy, just as happy to say, right, okay, it's it's race on between the three or four mm-hmm. of us now. Yeah, and we shouldn't forget that the you know the women's race that was a hour or so ahead was was a better race. It was a brilliant race. It was a really, really, I mean, that, you know, I ended up watching the last hour and a bit of that and um, got totally enthralled by it because it was just, it it had what you needed. It had a bit of a, bit of a, you know, someone going on the attack, but then pulled them back and then you had a split and then it came back to get, so it just had a bit more of a, more of a interesting feel for it. Um, And Lotte Kopecky obviously is awesome. Awesome. And in that kind of Sagan mold at the moment, I think not to, you know, equate her with a male rider but she does seem to have that kind of Sagan kind of style and and, uh, way of delivering wins she's brilliant amazing and she can win on any she can win in all sorts of races can't she yeah that's the thing all rounder it was a it was a really good it was a really good race well it was a race you know yeah final hill into I mean sorry I feel like I've dampened the pog yes you have and I don't mean to I should be uh, you shouldn't praising the um, and it is amazing i mean it for god's amazing. sake it is amazing 80k ridiculous when you when you, you watch the grand tours you see the teams working together or you see you see teams pulling together because they obviously they have to it's, it's, a, it's a three-week race whatever so they, they've got to you know keep up and there's lots going on at play but if, it, if it's only a one-off event race where's the incentive for teams to actually do that if they think it's if it's you know if it's gone because obviously it's one clock over three weeks but if it's just one race yeah what what's the what's the team inspiration there do you know what I mean I, I don't that's the problem because they don't have the numbers so you haven't got like you know you looked at Pidcock he had what one rider with him or was it two yeah no well mostly had um, it was a Magnus Sheffield I think so unless you get you know literally talking to other teams and saying right you know we've in you had I think it was Ineos, Movistar, and what was the other one? There's another team in there that had more than one rider. And so it's basically everyone else is going, well, it's on you guys. You guys have got to do this. And unless those three teams come together and have a conversation, right, we're going to 
we're going to do as best we can to try and claw this back to within you know 40 seconds and then the attacks will start coming and then we'll start to break it up that's the only way you're yeah. going to bring it back but unless you get those conversations between teams happening and it takes i don't know you know those things how does that work in the peloton it takes a certain certain rider with a certain gravitas to, to get people together and then you've got team orders happening that's probably saying no don't join forces with those guys it, so it just mm. then the, the more that's going on the more pog is away I think you must remember as well that don't forget they'd already raced for more than 100 kilometres and UAE had ripped the race up. So that group was relatively small and the numbers weren't there. I suppose, Stu, the the team's incentive is, well, if if the named rider has targeted this race, you know, this is on my... list of calendar. races of the year, my calendar, I, I want to go for this. So I suppose that's what they do. They put the teams together around the lead rider so they and all the sort of support riders have got their got their calendar for the year then. But if it's gone, it's gone. And if they if they if you can't get the other teams to collaborate, then um mm. then it's a lost cause. As it was, people were just breaking off the front in the end. And that was playing into Pog's hands. And in the end the, the guys that came second, third and fourth, um, they broke away uh, because they just took advantage of uh, of inactivity and lack of cohesion. In, in a group of 20 or 30 riders. It is a, it is a, a fascination and frustration to me sometimes because you think, because sometimes you're rooting for the guy ahead, sometimes you're rooting for the group behind. This particular time I was thinking I just wanted him to, you know, him to just ride away. But I think it's part of the, uh, the fasc- yeah, fascination and frustration for me of, uh, of cycling, really. Who did came, come second and third? I actually don't even know. Tell me. The Lotto Destiny rider, I think, didn't he? Scrolls. What's the uh, how do you pronounce it? No, um, uh, the Lidl Trek Squinch. That's it. Squinch. Is it Latvian? Tom Squinch. And then, uh, but I think he, no, he was second. And then the um, Lotto Destiny guy, Maxi Van something Low Countries. Where was (laughs) where was Pitters in the end? Little little Tommy Pitters. Pitters fourth. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor Tommy Pitters. He could hardly kind of talk of at the end. He could hardly talk. He was absolutely yeah. just, he was just yeah. wasted, just out of energy completely. Could hardly speak. But I, I, I do, I mean, you know, I love, I love this part of the season. I'm super yeah. excited about it. it. And it's very rare that you, it's very, it's going to be very rare that that happens, that you get the 80K solo breakaway. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a, he's a phenomenal, phenomenon. And I don't think it'll ever happen again. You know, really, you won't get that again. They were good. They were good riders. You know, in that in that kind of second group, and it kind of mixed up and broke up and came back together and broke up and came back together. But you know, there. I mean, there obviously wasn't one of the other Galacticos, unless you sort of include Pickcock in that, which I don't. He's quite there, but no. um, there was just no nobody could make a dent really, because um, Ben, what's his name, the Irish champion, um, EF. Rider had a few goes, but Healy, Ben Healy, Healy Ben Healy, who's a great rider. I mean, you know, very good at kind of hunting down. That's his kind of terrain as well, isn't it? But he couldn't make any impression. I just think it was a remarkable ride and a, almost unassailable, probably. But I'm with really you, Andy. Impressive. It does set up things incredibly well. I mean, it, yeah, it is. I think it is going to be a very exciting yeah. season of cycling, definitely. They're all. We, uh, let's hope they all come together. Yeah. Um, but the, I, before we move away, this week is probably my favourite week in the calendar because it's got Nice and Paris Nice or Paris Nice as um, 
Sean Kelly insists on calling it, doesn't he? It's the Paris niece. My, it's the Paris niece. Also, it's the Paris niece as well. Paris, isn't it? The, the Paris niece. <laughs> well, and um, Tirreno Adriatico t- starts tomorrow. Paris niece. Paris niece. Paris niece started today. <laughs> um, you know, and it was a great stage, actually. So, you know, sprinty, but not wholly sprinty. Really good. Yeah, with, with um, uh, Bernal looking good, actually for for um, Ineos which is yeah. also like that's a mouth-watering prospect because I can remember like six seven years ago Bernal was the was the Pagaccia really I mean he just seemed to have this incredible ability to more more climby obviously less of a kind of all-rounder but um just seemed to have this incredible ability to pull away and and um I'd love to see him back in top form as well now the next time we're going to see um Pog Milan San Remo with yep. Vanderpol, uh, Wout will wow. be Wout will be there. I haven't checked yep. Vanderpol because, of course, I, we don't tend to check all of our facts on this podcast. No. So we could see this at the end of the month. Them all coming together. We could, but we're now half an hour in, and um, not only I think have we got it broadly, mostly factually correct, but we've also mostly talked about cycling, which is <laughs> I don't think it's happened for a very uh, long time. It, it hasn't. But are, are we uh, are we ready to uh, for, for, for to move us on? Well, look from this from the sublime of Pog to to the ridiculous oh, of go. policy, or or maybe ridiculous. Oh. So in the in the UK. A consultation is being held on whether the power of e-bikes should be doubled. Now, this has caused a bit of a stir, hasn't it, on our WhatsApp group. And I'm not sure now if this is bike versus car, and I come to Stu, or policy parlour, and I come to Andy. But may- maybe you should to, you should fight for it instead. Who Do you, do you want it, Stu? <laughs> <laughs> well... This could change a lot of things. I mean, we see these guys in London, don't we, driving around. A lot of uh, delivery drivers. And they're quick off the lights, aren't they? Mm. They're fast enough already, I feel. I just think it's going to make it... There's going to be there's going to be consequences initially if they do this. I think there'll be more accidents. Um, but I think it'll also widen the divide, potentially, between cyclists and motorists. Because cyclists will be going, even, these these electric bikes will be going even faster. They won't be staying in bike lanes because the cyclists will be going too slow. So I don't know. I'm not really. That's a really it. interesting point, Stu. Because is part of the problem with bike v car the fact that car feels bike is too slow, and therefore if bike is quicker, car thinks, oh, you're all right." I don't mind you too much because you're going at my pace and not getting in my way as much. And so the speedier e-bike crowd will sort of become better buddies with the car crowd. And the poor pedaling cyclists will still be the bottom of the tier and sort of... Oh, I think I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah, I think the, the speedier electric bikes will be in, in the road, but they'll still be dodging and weaving through and annoying you know, some motorists. But mopeds do that anyway. But mopeds don't <laughs> do what some cyclists do and jump lights mm. and... Not have any lights? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, if they do this, I mean, reading about it, is it right they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be, you know, properly licensed and taxed and all the rest of it? Well, this is my yeah. worry, is then you push for, 
it pushes for that, like some people would like, is that all cyclists need to have some form of license. So I, I, I had a bit of a look of it at this because um, it, it, um, it's a kind of straight off the kind of press release plate story in, in The Guardian. There's no suggestion, actually, that they're going to increase the speed limit e-bikes and scooters are currently so the guys on the the guys that have their own kind of often home adapted machines which they don't pedal because they've got really big batteries on are um that are doing above 15 miles an hour are already breaking the law so you know the thing is they're breaking the law so uh, that was almost impunity complete impunity isn't there because there's nobody on the whole, I don't know. Maybe they do get pulled over, but on the whole, I don't think they do. Don't see um, it. But never seen anyone being pulled over. Never I've seen, seen, I've seen people... 15 miles an hour. Sorry, all of them do. And I've seen but some well, people after lights on my route, my, my commute route, being pulled over. And I look at them and think, you've just got a normal pedal bike and, and uh-huh. this, this policeman just pulled you over to say that you've jumped the lights. And yet, and yet you must have seen so many people on lashed together e-bike hybrid things yeah. that they could have pulled over because they are as you say and illegal because they're illegal or yeah. or you know they're illegal if they don't i don't think it's illegal to adapt your bike and put an e, you know electric motor on on a battery but sometimes you know gaffer take battery to the yep down tube with um you know with a one it's of inspiring. the with <laughs> with a thing that you order off the you know off the internet that comes from china that's cut into the spokes on your back wheel um, and can do about 30 miles an hour and also is a massive fire risk in your home. Um, but, you know, what they're talking about is increasing the wattage of the batteries. And I think primarily to increase the range from what I can see, um, rather than because they're not talking about increasing the speed limit from 15 miles an hour. Mm. So, um, although personally, I'm not sure 50, you know, because I can, most of us will be doing 20 miles an hour on our road bikes on the flat or, you know, 18, 19, at least I would guess. It's, I'm not sure that the 15 thing is all that relevant. And the only thing, so the biggest point for me in all of this, um, I think it would be daft to have a, a, you know, a new generation of machines that were legally permitted that were doing, you know, higher than that in bike lanes. That'd be crazy. Although in most of central London, you can't do more than 20 anyway. But um, if what it does is because the the e-bikes are really popular. And one of the reasons why they're really popular with a lot of people who are non-cyclists is because they're easy. Um, And, you know, this is just assist, you know, assisted with electric assist like bikes should be, like e-bikes should be rather than the ones with the taped on batteries and the Chinese motors. And, Lots of people are using them that may not otherwise cycle. And I have a really good thing, and particularly older people and younger people. Um, and that's, I think that's a really good thing. So I don't know whether it requires a doubling of the wattage. Well, that, not, that, really, that's my, that's my, my, I just, well, I'm confused by this consultation. What is the policy problem that they wish to, they wish to solve? E-bikes are incredibly popular. You know, yeah, third no, to a, a half of all bikes being sold in the UK. Yeah. So that people love them. Are people who buy them thinking, "Oh, if, if only I had more power, only if I had more range"? That should that's not the feedback. So I just wonder what's what's driving the the consultation. Why do they think they want to change the law on this for something that isn't isn't a problem? I, I honestly yeah. don't get it. 
Yeah, and hang on a minute. Let's just go back to this. The Guardian doesn't mention anything about range, but it talks about speed. Yeah, I, I, I don't think range is a problem, especially in London, because you know, how, most people probably will not cycle more than 10 miles, I would have thought. And once they get to work, they can recharge it. To me, it's this is about speed. Um, and well, no, they, your point, they, Andy, about people who the electric bikes are really, really good for. Let's say it is older people; they are they are not going to want to go faster. You know, speed speed doesn't really come into the equation. It's all about safety and other factors. Yeah, I don't know whether this is to do with range. It sounds to me more like it's to do with power and then and and speed. I think. I think. It- I don't know, because they also say, also said in the piece, there are no plans to increase the speed limit above 15 miles an hour to stop them being, you know. So is this then just the market trying to find a a better, different range of product? You've got a speed limit on the roads anyway for cars, but yet you can buy a Ferrari that can go 200 miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is this just trying to diversify the market of of e-bikes? I just don't know where it's been driven from in reading this article. Why are ministers actually consulting on this? What is to Matt's point? What is the what is the challenge or something that they're trying to fix? You know, to make what? Why do they need to make them more powerful? I quite like the idea. I've, I think we said this before of new new products, you know, different types of vehicles. And I think the um, one of my annoyances with the with the electric vehicle. Uh, stuff that's going on if it's just basically creating a new range of cars rather than thinking differently about getting around using electricity and i think it's a you know it'd be fantastic if we come up with new ideas and to your point Lars, you know you've still got cars that can do ridiculous speed so it isn't the the, issue, the speed limit isn't the issue i just think it's got to be a manufacturer's push here i can't think of any other reasons it's not it's not a it's not a, a customer's push so it's got to be a manufacturer's lobby here yeah, saying exactly. we we want to we want to create something here's an opportunity here but mm-hmm. I, I honestly can't see what that is because when you're commuting on a bike there is always a sweet spot you know once you go beyond 15 20 miles you've got a different sort of person because it's not just necessarily uh if it'll take you an hour an hour and a half you've got weather conditions there you've got different sort of roads in there as well so there's a limit really and I think most people are using e-bikes probably are, you know, you wouldn't cycle 10 to 15 miles, but now you could because you've got the electrical assist. Those are people that may have only ridden two or three miles. They can go a lot further now. So I can't think it's about, don't think it's about range either. No one's going to suddenly think I live 30 miles away from the office. I'll now use a more powerful bike. I just, I don't, I just don't think that's the decision that you'd, that's not the, the, the purchasing decision, is it? You do something no. else, you drive or get a moped. Or you know, get the bus. So I'm, I'm genuinely confused by this one. I, I, I well, can only assume there's a manufacturer's push from somewhere. So I've done something that we probably should have done before the podcast, <laughs> and that's I've gone. I've found the actual government um, consultation. Don't time. bring it. Hold on, hold on. I want to say oh. some of us. I think you know, there's probably one of us that should have done this. That's what I'm okay. saying. <laughs> are you are you saying it was me or Stu? I'm not sure who's it's your fighting. corner. It's your corner, Pendo. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm doing. I'm looking at the policy now, and and the there is. A, I'm looking at the rationale section, and so the overarching. So we've all, we both got it wrong because it's not to do with it's not to do with range per se or speed or maximum speed per se. What it's doing that what the rationale for this is to open up e-bikes to more people, 
by making them able to power themselves rather than just be pedal essentially so they're more powerful up to 15 miles per hour so therefore you you have to pedal less or not at all they're going to still stay within the category of um eapcs which is you know electric assist um personal cyclist cycles or whatever it is but um the wattage increase will allow you to use the battery more basically so yeah, that makes sense yeah so it's making it a more accessible vehicle to people mm. who presumably I, I think it's coming from a very genuine place because the government has this um uh has this target of i think doubling walking and cycling by 2030 and um and i just think they're trying to open up cycling to more people that's the aim do you, uh, we're all of a certain age. Do you remember the old, was it Pooch bikes? Yeah. Yeah. So you had to pedal those and they were like a little oh, yeah, moped yeah. and they got going, the yeah? So it was like tiny a tiny little, tiny little um, petrol motor. Yeah. yeah. So, little, so you had to pedal to get it going and then you could, yeah. then you could use an accelerator. So what you're saying is this, to Loz's point, this is creating a, a sort of a slightly different product where you've got maybe an accelerator on it. Yeah. So you don't have to pedal at all. It's electrical it's assist thr- all the time. Exactly. You can you can at least pull away using the throttle on the handlebars rather than the pedals. Um, you know, so, so it's not like it's a moped. A, yeah, well, it is. It's it's it is. Electric scooter and a moped, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So we're all for it now. Suddenly. Right. Maybe we should just just to mention to the listener, just ignore the previous uh, ten minutes conversation <laughs> and just just fast forward. To this. I'll put a marker in the show notes. Just fast forward to uh, whatever this whatever this point is. Yeah. I think you can't you can't not before it if it increases if it does the job which it should do and it'd be good to see the evidence of reducing car vehicle you know cars on the road and as you say Matt brings more diversity of kind of electric vehicles but I still think there is a slight issue because I don't think the infrastructure is supporting that at the moment and therefore, you've done all this stuff about having bike lanes, but then you've now got a very, very broad mix of stuff on the on the yeah. on the roads in the bike lanes that is now kind of beyond what was thought to kind of do those bike lanes for cycling. And exactly, so, so something is going wrong now in terms of. Well, but, but that's the, a different problem. It I is, but I think a, it's got to keep yeah. pace with then. It has. Everything I mean, else. you know, the the um the somebody one of those um cycling Twitter people bob from accounts or one of those sort of people um tweeted a picture last week of the embankment cycle lane in westminster Mm. of the road was empty and the cycle lane was rammed and i regularly use that bike lane if i if i cycle into work and it's absolutely rammed at some points to the point where it's quite dangerous e-bikes or no e-bikes there's some guys in lycra doing you know, 25 miles an hour down there. And, you know, there's some people on um, higher bikes and, you know, there's some relatively inexperienced cycling cyclists on shoppers and stuff. And, you know, that kind of mix is quite problematic. Um, You just need more space. They should now double the width of that cycle lane and take out another lane of traffic. Simple as that. But that's that's to Stu's point, right? It, it doesn't matter yeah. how many different types of vehicle you create, and if you create a, a more powerful e-bike that brings in that encourages other people to cycle who wouldn't normally be able yeah. to, but if they don't feel safe on the roads, they're not going to buy it anyway. You have to invest in the infrastructure as well. 
So oh, you can't just do one without. You can't have all these, all these vehicles on the road, and then you you haven't got an infrastructure that can cope with them all. And I'm going to make a point about this today. I, I went on a bike ride today. It was great to get out on my bike. The roads were utterly shit. No. And, and and all of the roads I went on, and these are roads that I normally go on, and just the every single road felt like a challenge. From yeah. the city, like from the from the city sort of zone two stuff, zone two three areas, I have to go out to get to the to the country lanes. But literally, from no point did I feel like there was a good piece of road, both in the city and out on the lanes. It was dreadful. You just notice how bad it is. Potholes yeah. everywhere, shit surface. So the and, state of the road surface, rather than yeah traffic being on the roads, or both. Just traffic, it was low, low traffic really because it was a Sunday, but just this, then the state of the roads themselves. So, yeah. the actual roads, it's like it's just so you've got this increase in people using the roads, but then the, the actual surface and infrastructure you've got to ride on is just garbage. It is, it is, but we're back, we're back to, we're really back to bikes. I think this is arguably Stu's, not my item because. <laughs> I think we're back to bikes versus cars, aren't we? Because the we fundamental. Are. I, you know, I think it's an item problem. that straddles. I think it's an item that straddles both features. To be fair, which is why I gave it over to both of you to sort of fight yeah. for. I think I think it's a bit of both in there. Well, look. The what's good is that the force is still happening. That, that hopefully they are going to make it more difficult in cities. You know, I think this is predominantly a city uh, issue. But they need to sort it out in cities first before they can expand it. There shouldn't be that many cars. I mean, Soho should be completely pedestrianised, as you said, Andy. The bike lanes are getting busier, therefore they should be made wider and to to populate more cyclists. There's the infrastructure, the safety, all that sort of stuff needs to happen. But it is slowly happening, you know. And I do see a, a future. You know, I don't know when it will be when the cars won't exist in the city especially in central parts, really, you know, really central parts. Everyone just walks around, cycles around or uses public transport. That's the vision. So an irregular feature of the of this podcast is uh, is Kit Crit, where we usually lay into the awfulness of a team jersey. So the latest to get this treatment, or maybe not, is uh, De Kernick Alpersin and their jeans kit. So, Loz, I think you might have a view on this. What, uh, what do you have on it? What do you think about it? Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I said that. When you look at it, the idea of anything that is a, the, the idea of denim in some sort of print always looks terrible. Uh, the idea of having that on your, your sort of team kit for your jersey when you're riding on the roads seems and looks when you see it off the bike absolutely horrendous. To be honest, when you're seeing it on the road, you can't really tell on the cameras, on the on the on the. So does it? Is it that bad? Maybe not. I think there's probably worse kits actually in the in the peloton at the moment. So it's a stupid idea. It looks a bit rubbish, but it's probably not the worst. Which one of us said it reminded them of the uh, Euro '96 grey kit? Oh yeah. Did someone say that. Don't know. I can't remember. Some... No, I'm sure one of you said it. And that that kit, that kit for Euro '96, was designed because it was it was a second kit. It was a second strip. Because they thought that supporters would like to wear it with jeans, so I thought it mm. reminded it reminded me of that. Stu and uh, Stu, what do you think? Jeans on a jean well, effect kit. As you say, you won't be able to notice it when they're cycling, but the brunt, they are essentially breaking a, a bit of a fashion rule here, which is double denim. 
Double denim. <laughs> that is, that's true. It is a double denim. Yes, Stu. Andy, I don't, think, I don't think you're a double denim guy. You're not a double denim, are you? <laughs> Certainly not, no. <laughs> Got to be a certain type to get away with double denim. Andy, you? We lost Andy. Oh, he's, he's flatlined. He's, he's just... Oh, yeah, God. He's I might be back now. Right, I'm back. back. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, I I was I, I I came up with some complete gems just then as well, and they've all gone. <laughs> just quick, just quickly honestly, tell us what you think of the denim. I asked you what, yeah, what do you think it was of double denim? Honestly, honestly, the stuff I just did was the best I think we've done on this entire podcast. It was absolute gold, and it's all gone. On, um, I was the one that said the the the. It reminds me of the you know the kit for Euro I knew it was one of us penalty missing yeah it was me I was screaming I was saying it was me into the pod void yeah into the pod Uh. into the pod void um yeah well that was obviously as you've correctly pointed out was 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 designed for you know so that lads could go out with that you know top on with their jeans I would quite like to see somebody wearing a Vanderpool skin suit with their jeans because that would be a look, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I think it looks, uh, it does look terrible. Um, on the bike, you can't terrible. really tell, but it is a ridiculous yeah. idea. Yeah, it look, it's awful. I don't know what they were thinking. Right, does anybody... Kits are awful. Kits are, <laughs> Kits are just awful, they're awful anyway. Ma- they're mainly awful, They're just full they? of crappy sponsorship and the only one that's half decent because it's actually designed by people who design kits rather than sponsors is the EF kit but all the others are awful this is for another time actually we must do team names because Rob Hatch yesterday (laughs) said a team name that had four names in it I thought I've forgotten already what the first name was right my my, one of my bugbears is all teams should have one name just a name of the team Ineos De Koenig, whatever it is, just one flipping name. They should the UCI should say you can have as many sponsors as you like, but you've got one name as your team. That's it. Totally it's agree. ridiculous. Totally yeah. Well, the one that the one that's already driving me mad this year is Visma Lisa oh. Bike. Because every time they say that, I think not lease a bike, but Lisa bike. And I think why why is it called Lisa bike? And then I, I I thought that was genuinely what it was called before I saw it written down. But every time I hear it now, I just think Lisa bike. Amazing. Well, that wasn't my AOB, but I do have another AOB. Does anybody? But does anybody else have any AOB? No. Nope. I can't imagine anything better. <laughs> well, I do have one little bit of AOB. I uh, I fixed my son's bike today, Ruben's bike, and hardly anything Ooh. went wrong. And I just want to know where do I collect my medal? When you fixed it, you didn't mess it up. Hold on, has he been out and ridden it since you fixed it? He hasn't. Well, I, I did. I did ah! fix it. No, I did fix it. I've ridden it right. I did fix it, but yeah. I had some washers left over when I when I fixed the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever. It never goes back exactly the same, does it? Yeah, I'm slightly worried. I'm slightly now, worried for him now. Now, Ruben, uh, just don't go too fast down that hill because I, I'm not quite sure where these washes came from. But I think from the brakes. <laughs> How is it when you take brakes off, right, and you put them back exactly yeah. this? It never lines up the same. And also, never. how many components do you need? 
You little grubber yeah. screws and things. And you think, why, why is it still like this? Anyway, I was, I, I've done, I was kind of pleased with myself. I've done, I've done discs. I've fitted discs. Maybe you need to go on a course, man. <laughs> Maybe I do. Yeah. Anyway, I, I felt very proud of myself. Um, done most of well, congratulations. I did. I did. Your son is safe when he's riding his bike tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, just Ruben, if you're listening, obviously, which is imp- 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 improbable, um, just be careful. I did brakes, I did bar tape, I did fettling the gears. Did all, yeah. How long did it take you, Matt? I reckon I worked on it for about an hour. That's good. Yeah. I spent longer than that just changing the energy. Well, I say I'd say twenty-five minutes of that was getting one little grubber screw out of the brake, the brake thing, so I could take the pad off. Mm. Twenty because I just couldn't get it out at all. That's horrible. And uh, eventually, eventually right. moved. And because uh, at one point I thought it's going to have to have one brake pad on one side of his brake. That's what I thought at one point. But anyway, I hate that. Anyway, disc disc. Changing pads on disc brakes is so much easier, actually, for that very reason. Um, of course, they're £35 each, but, you know, maybe it's worth paying for I think it should the, be... Uh, not having to remove that little grub screw. Do you remember in the olden days with cars when you used to buy replacement uh, light bulbs for the headlamps? Do you remember the old, those days? Yeah. You put them in, right? so, so you, did you say the phrase, do you remember the olden remember, days? Sorry about the olden days. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, you know, now, obviously, it all comes as one unit, doesn't it? All just come, you know, click in. Click out, click in again. Why can't it be the same for bikes? There are just too many little components. You just get it; just gets too stressful. I think this is a, this is a, this is one for another time. It's one for another time. Whole maybe, rich vein of, of this chat. Definitely. I should just I should take my victory and be be uh, be satisfied yeah. with it. Really. Yeah. Or we can we can set up the kind of uh, split the you know the splinter podcast to this. So you know a bit like that other you know the other podcast. <laughs> That some people I gather listen to, which has quite a generic name. Actually, it's only a vic- uh, it's only a victory. Did you did you get any little scrapes on your knuckles or your I fingers got, that I have got, now got ingrained oily grease in them? Oh yeah, because I managed to. I couldn't yeah. get the, the pad out, so I had to use a screwdriver, and then I I, I splinted. I went straight to my thumb. Yeah, so there's a bit <laughs> yep, of a yelp as well. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. S- sore fingers. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. We're going to tell think- us about a shoot an offshoot pod. Well, I, was, I thought maybe we should do for the love of Pog maintenance or something like that. <laughs> you know, because that that cycling podcast, the one it, with a very generic name, but with a um, the definitive article, um, is, um, is has a few spin-offs, doesn't it? it, it? One it, of which I think is a bit technical. One of it is, is very it's, much it's, on, in, in those in that vein, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are straying into the uh, the global cycling finish it off network area of having spin-off sort of you know yeah i think someone's already got there first with this but they have well should we have, uh, maybe in cameroon you know maybe this is really valuable in cameroon i don't know maybe you know because if you're a lot of people probably if you're in cameroon might have to fix your own bike quite a lot of time because there are fewer bike workshops i don't know let us know it should you happen <laughs> to be listening to this podcast in cameroon let us know <laughs> I think it's difficult on us to get get us together to do this one show. Doing two shows could just break us. That's the thing I'm worried about. Well, anyway, should we call it? Uh, should we? Uh, should we end it there, champs? Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. bye. bye.